welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. There we go. Well, thank you, Rena, for, for inviting me uh, to speak. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the wisdom of that invite for that decision remains to be seen, but I am happy to, to talk about my experience and strength and hope. What there is of it, uh, <clears throat> I start um, at early life. My sister and I were abused by neighborhood boys when we were between five, four and six. Uh, I don't know if that had much to do with my later on, but uh, uh, it seems to be important to um, therapists and so on and so forth. I was raised in a small town. Uh, I was shy, um, and for me it was hard to get dates. It was hard for me to ask for uh, dates. Um, so I had very few in, in, uh, in uh, high school. But then I got to college, and I got into drugs and uh, the whole hippie scene. So, you know, it's easy sex. And, and um, I had a number of, uh, I guess, affairs during that time. Um, and then I fell into a crowd that uh, alcohol was a thing, and I I got into alcohol pretty heavy and a lot of one-night stands. Uh, I also had uh, four relationships with women, living relationships, and, and all four of them ended badly. Um, I married a wonderful woman um, 30, 38 years ago or so with two kids. Um, stopped alcohol about that time, uh, June 2nd of 1983, uh, after my second DUI. Uh, I was in AA uh, for a bit, but um, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, of study of the steps or um, or the, the the process or the the program in those meetings. They were basically, you know, telling about uh, what had happened to you, how you felt, and that type of thing. But nothing about the the process. And and when one of my kind of ex livings showed up uh, at one of the meetings and was, to me was basically blowing smoke like I'd, she'd done with me for so many years. I, I just quit going. But I quit drinking and I haven't drank since, since that date. Um, things were looking good after stopping drinking. Um, but self-centeredness raised its ugly head and, and uh, it got to be um, pretty pretty bad on, on uh, my family. I treated my wife badly uh, with lack of respect and lying, withholding sex, um, acting out. Um, but during this time, I kind of organically rose to leadership positions and work and organizations and politics. And so that kind of fed the whole self-centeredness ego, ego thing. Um, in or 2019, I was discovered uh, watching porn and masturbating, and at that point, I, you know, I thought it wasn't a big deal. Um, 
but it became obvious with the reaction of my wife that it was a very big deal. Um, and I started taking steps. I stopped acting out. A uh, response from my wife was, was uh, traumatic. Um, I uh, shortly uh, found a psychologist uh, and started going to him to see you know, what, what my problems were and how I could solve things. And there's a lot of books that we were reading during that time about betrayal, trauma, and what you call intimacy, anorexia. Um, um, oh, it was probably five months in, after, after uh, um, discovery. The, the, the betrayal, trauma books and, and all, this, all this literature kept talking about full disclosure, full disclosure. You're supposed to give um, basically all the, all the things that you've done in the past and were doing at the time. And um, so at four months, I did, I took about 10 days, wrote down everything that I could think of that I'd done. I even named names um, and uh, uh, did this full disclosure, full disclosure. And it was devastating to my wife. It was kind of like if you go into um, a confessional and you confess to your priest and and tell him the sins that you've done since the last confession, you walk out of there feeling uplifted and pretty good because you've got a lot of that stuff off your chest. Well, my wife wasn't a priest. She was not disinterested, and it was devastating. She, a few nights later, she tried to commit suicide. Um, and it was, it was uh, uh, the start of a, a very hard um, episode in our life. I, at that point, I went to find a sex addiction therapist. Um, and basically we found out we did the full disclosure wrong. But uh, besides that, uh, it was a CSAT type of a therapist and began working with him and my wife did as well. Um, the psychologist that I'd been going to fired me about that time because um, I was telling too much. I was uh, giving too much away and I was, you know, and, you know, he could see that it was hurtful to my wife. He told me that what you, what you uh, uh, talk about should be instructive, productive, and relevant, and the rest of it doesn't need to go there. So he fired me because I kept, against his advice, telling more and more things. Um, now, I was a little reticent about finding a 12-step program based on my experience in AA, which had been actually court-mandated anyway, but I found I needed more people like me to meet some people like me and get into a program. Um, I wasn't completely satisfied with the uh, what I called the sex addiction industry, um, that I wasn't getting a lot out of that. Um, there was some. I was getting some out of it, but there was something that was missing. And I, I took a look around and I looked at SAA and PA and SA, and essay, I stumbled on a on a big book study um, meeting that I'm still going to, and that study was that that meeting was 
explaining the steps, ex- explaining the process, going through the big book. Um, at that point, it was my sponsor that was leading the, the big book study. Uh, and I asked him at that point if, uh, if he could uh, sponsor me. He said yes. You know, but, and he started me off on step 10. So basically, every night I would, I would give a, uh, uh, a recap of the day of where you know, I've been resentful or I owed an apology, um, those type of things, and what I, what I needed to do better, uh, my corrective actions, and, and a, a prayer to God. Um, so that was all, that was all working very well. Um, so I've been going through that for about a year now, I suppose. (coughs) And things are, are seemingly better. There are, I still got, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a uh, person that's got this all together, understanding all this. I'm still working through it. One of the things that I'm working through very hard is spirituality. You know, the philosophers over the years have always said, a lot of them have said that, you know, God is really unknowable. Uh, and, you know, that you're never going to really know the essence of God. But by actions, uh, that you can you can uh, see the results of God. Now, I've gone through um, the, the the looking at my ancestors, the Cree, and uh, their feelings about it. And I've, I've thought for a long time that God uh, presents um, a different face to different people at different times. And so, what He presents to the Cree is different than he presents to, say, the Catholics or the Mormons or, or, or the Aztecs, for example. Um, I read a book oh, 50 years ago called uh, Been Down So Long It Looks Like Up to Me. And the lead character in there said something about, um, he says, yeah, I've got a finger in every theological pie. And that kind of resonated with me <laughs> 50 years. I still remember it. Um, so I'm taking a little bit from all the, the different religions, I guess, or beliefs has been um, helpful to me. Um, but page 14 of the big book talks about how for some, there's kind of a what, a epiphany, a flash of light, and you know God. And, but it also says that for most people, God comes gradually. Now, I'm an engineer, a mathematician, and a statistician. Um, and all of those kind of preclude um, a spiritual uh, thinking about things. But as I think more and more about um, uh, some of the things I see around, um, then I'm, I'm, I'm uh, getting, I think, a better understanding of spirituality. Um, so it's been a that's been a tough battle uh, to understand it. I pray um, uh, several times a day, um, and I, I'm seeing results of that prayer. Um, just things like understanding of different things. For example, um, understanding pride versus ego or self-centeredness. Um, I. Not too long ago, some time ago, I sent an email to a 
golf buddy of mine, and uh, um, I asked him about it later, and he, I, you know, I, I could tell he was offended by it. And I was, you know, it was, could have been offensive, and it, it offended him. And so I thought about that, and later I, I apologized to him for sending that to him. And, you know, he didn't outright accept my apology, but our relationship changed for the better after that. And, you know, I was, I was proud of that moment that I stood up and apologized to him before my ego, my, my uh, overactive ego would have said, well, that's his problem. You know, if he didn't like it, then, you know, he can deal with it. But um, with my more understanding, I guess, I did the apology, and I was, I was kind of proud of it. And, you know, I'm finding that pride in doing something well is good. Ego that came from all my leadership positions in the politics and organizations and so on um, was not a good thing. I also am trying to get a better understanding of lust. And the white book just defines lust as an attitude demanding the natural instinct serve unnatural desires. And right away I noticed there's nothing about sex in that definition. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, so what is lust? And I'm, I, I'm, I'm seeing that yeah, I can see that lust for power, lust for uh, adoration and recognition and for food are all things that I've got a problem with. So I, I work with those. I ask God to, to relieve them. Uh, and I, I, I work towards those type of things, as well as the sexual things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not acting out. I do have issues uh, on occasion with um, lusting, but I'm able to, uh, as my sponsor says, I see the temptation. I don't let it go get to the craving part of it, and I, I move past that. I'm also working to make more of a safe place for my wife so that she can, she can recover. recover. Uh, betrayal trauma for her after, what, 38 years of, of, uh, of a um, sham of a marriage um, is tough for her. And uh, it's been, a, it's been a, a very tough process for her. She's not, she's not recovering. Um, very, very rapidly, and you know that's a thing that I've got to be patient about because you can't put a timeline on those type of things. It works out uh, however you do. Um, I'm working to be uh, a more honorable man, um, trying to do things that that uh, you know that uh, by spirituality that you're helping others. Um, you're not lying, you're telling the truth, you know, the whole list of how you can be an honorable man. Um, one of the big things, I, I think, and particularly in, say, the inventories that we do, uh, is looking inward and trying to find uh, where we are, our, our character defects are. And I, I keep doing that. I do that um, as the resentments arrive. I uh, cast it to the prayer and to the uh, um, 
the step, uh, tenth step process um, to take action on it. Um, my wife, uh, beginning of the year, uh, she was saying that uh, um, your attitude has changed, and so my response was, "Well, how has it changed?" and couldn't get a good answer on that. So I started looking inwardly to find out what my what my how my attitude had changed, and I, you know, I, I was having a terrible time isolating that, so that I could, you know take steps to relieve it, pray. Um, but she pointed out that I hadn't been talking to my sponsor, doing the, the check-ins, going to the meetings, going to the therapist as often as I had in the past. So that was a big, um, uh, a big wake-up call that I needed to um, step up my game on working with the program of getting back to what I was doing before that was helping me so much to get rid of my self-centeredness um, and work on my lust issues. And that's, uh, that, was a good, that was a good help, and I appreciated that. Um, and one of the things that, going back to the whole idea of lust that kind of really struck me is on page 68 of the big book. Um, one paragraph starts out, now let's look at sex. And, you know, that was kind of a, wow, there's some big stuff coming up now. What, you know, what, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, like a huge lighthouse and said there's, there's uh, some big issues here. And, you know, I think that's, that's really true that, um, uh, and I've heard this from a lot of AA folks that um, once you quit drinking, lust took over, and this whole sex thing started taking over. And that was, you know, unless you were a real student of the big book, that was not something that was typically uh, brought up. But by talking about the sex and the attitudes and the damage that you've done, that I've done with with uh, uh, sexual partners and and hiding it and lying and and so on and so forth. That was kind of a major um, major epiphany, I guess. That these are some things that need to be changed to make me, you know, a more honorable man with uh, peace and serenity um, and so on and so forth. Um, Arena, I think that's about all I've got. If there's any questions, I'd be try, happy to try to answer them. Um, like I say, I'm in the midst of a of a journey. Uh, I by no means have a lot of answers to uh, to things, but I am uh, avidly trying to um, understand and 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 work through the program and and um, make myself. Uh, a whole person again. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Guy in Arizona, for your service today, for sharing your journey with our audience today. And we are now going to go into Q&A, but first, a few rules of the road. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing. 
how to apply the 12 steps and traditions in our daily lives. No cross-talk please, which means interrupting, giving advice, or criticizing someone else to share. If you feel someone is getting too explicit, you may so signify by saying my hand is raised, at which point I will consult a group conscience. So you just heard Guy in Arizona as our speaker today. And if you have any questions, please, now is the time to press star six uh, to unmute, state your name and your brief question for our speaker. And uh, if anyone wants to be, um, does not want to be on the recording, you can please ask me to pause the recording. I'll be happy to do that for you. Who would like to press star six and ask our speaker a question? Hi, this is Lloyd. Go ahead, Lloyd. Hi. Um, well, what I uh, uh, gleaned from your uh, first of all, I, I love to talk. Uh, what I one of the things I gleaned was, um, let's say, an element of uh, inconsistency. Um, if that's true, I'd like to. I just uh, convey what uh, helped me tremendously. Uh, when uh, I signed with my sponsor, I had to sign a contract. That's probably the best thing that happened to me in my entire uh, essay career. Um, I, had to, I had to sign to do a number of things every single day, and I've been doing that for six years. And, um, you know, I, I talk to him um, once a week. But what I do every single night is uh, I text. If I did everything, I just I'd simply text A L L all. Or um, if I miss something, I uh, text that. But I uh, let him know uh, that I'm doing the work that I'm contracted to do every single day. And so I wonder if um, you think that would help um, consistency on your part. Thanks. Good question. I do uh, nightly uh, send my sponsor an update to kind of the review of the day of what I oh, need to work on, my resentments, uh, dishonesty, apologies needed, secrets, did I keep any secrets, that type of thing, yes. Um, in addition, um, as thoughts or of, of uh, um, lust or resentment or or things like that come up. Um, uh, we text. Actually, this is right now. It's to a, a group uh, text uh, text group um, about the uh, spot the thought, uh, spot the thought. Um, uh, ask God to intervene. Um, talk to somebody by texting. Um, uh, make amends as necessary, uh, and then. Um, Turn your thoughts to helping, helping someone. Um, so there is uh, some of that. There's, you know, I've got a prayer that I say every morning. Uh, nightly. My wife and I do a, what we call a daily. Um, that uh, is part of our 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 ritual or our routines. So um, I haven't got a contract, but uh, um, uh, do work to do those type of things. Does that help, Lloyd? 
Yes, sir. I'm I'm um, convinced you got the idea. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, a consistency, inconsistency. I think is, you know, like I said, I'm I'm nowhere near the end of the journey. I'm, I'm nowhere near where I I think I need to be. Um, yeah, I think I've got some inconsistencies and. In, trying to get those resolved as well. So thank you for pointing that out. Thank you, Lloyd from Colorado, for that question. Who else would like to press star six, unmute, and ask your question of our speaker today? This is Hank. I have a question. Go ahead, Hank. Guy, thanks uh, for sharing your story with all of us. Uh, my question is, you said you had a full disclosure for your wife and uh, it wasn't done according to uh, sexual therapy guidelines. Um, and <clears throat> your wife was uh, very disturbed by it. Um, how is she doing now and are you, do you have plans to do an, another one uh, under different guidelines or uh, did you disclose everything in the first one? Uh, thank you, Hank. Um, the, the, the second part of the question um, that uh, no, I'm not planning to do a another disclosure um, and um, I, there was a couple of things after that full disclosure that I did disclose um, that it had, wasn't in uh, the first one that I hadn't thought about until later on. Um, my wife is still very devastated and is working very hard to, what she says, get on an even keel, um, having to take antidepressants to um, keep from getting, um, she calls weepy and, and uh, goes down into a black hole. Um, and it's still, still very tough. Um, we both want her to get off of the antidepressants, but when she does, um, it's hell for her and me both. Um, and uh, so, until she can uh, get through her her therapy to where she can maintain that even keel without the depressants, then she's thinking that she's going to have to stay on them. So, um, no, it's there. There is some getting better, but then that's also facilitated by chemicals, which is something neither one of us likes. But um, she is working you, with, a, I think, a good therapist that uh, um, I think is is doing her a lot of good. It's just it's. 38 years of this, and it's a very slow process where there's a lot, a lot for her to um, to process, I guess. Um, and um, she she has a lot of fear, a lot of pain, um, a lot of memories that uh, just um, would bother her for a long time. You know, so it's it's a process for her as well. Thank you, Hank. Thank you, guy. Thank you, Hank, for your question. Okay, who else would like to come on in and ask a question? This is uh, Paul in Arkansas. I've got a question. Thank you, Paul. 
Um, hey, Guy, really appreciate your, your share. Really appreciate the, the, the questions and answers that have been shared so far. I just had uh, just kind of considering my own um, experience and situation, I wanted to uh, 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 another follow-up on, on the previous question. Um, looking back um, and, and possibly taking into account the, 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 the merits of, of, a, of disclosure at all, <laughs> if any, uh, do you think you would do it again? Um, and if so, or if not, you know, like how, how might you have approached it differently? Uh, thank you, Paul. That's a, <laughs> it's a tough question. And okay, so so um, if I could avoid it, I wouldn't do it. Um, if I were to do it again, if I were to do it over again, um, the 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 CSATs, the sex addiction industry suggests a therapist for both people. Uh, individually, and they would advise, and they would, you know, basically say, "Well, is there something you want to know? Um, and why do you want to know? And maybe you don't want to know that. And, you know, kind of work with both sides to um, uh, frame the, the full disclosure." Um, on my side, the therapist might say, "Well, you know." Yeah, you can talk about this probably a little bit more generally. You know, don't name names. You don't need to name names unless she really wants to know who it is and that type of thing. So, um, uh, and both of us are reticent about um, doing the lie detectors that the uh, that the uh, uh, CSATs want to kind of do and. Uh, so we, we, we're not into that thing, and I don't think that uh, we want to repeat the, um, the trauma of the full disclosure again. So uh, hopefully that answers your question, Paul. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Who would like to be next? Please press star six. We have 10 more minutes for Q&A, so if you have a brief question, now is your opportunity. I, I could probably add on to a little bit more of that question from Paul. It seems that, sure. as I was talking, I've uh, seen this happen. I've had uh, uh, other members talk about this as well, that the whole disclosure seems to be kind of an uplifting, more of an uplifting experience for the, um, the one giving the disclosure. And it seems to be uh, devastating to the betrayed uh, partner, um, and I I have a hard time seeing the logic of that. Um, the the CSATs try to explain it as the betrayed partner needs to have um, an idea of what her reality is at that point, but it seems like it's more of a hurtful, devastating. Um, situation, uh, 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 yeah, situation for the betrayed partner. So um, there'd be some, yeah, definitely reticence on my part to, to do it again. 
Let's have some more questions. I have one also that I'm I'm kind of holding back on until towards the end. <laughs> and if anyone does not want to be on the recording, you can definitely say so. We'll pause the recording so you can ask your question. Um, hey, this is Paul again. Uh, is it would it be selfish of me to to follow up on his uh, his additional? You might as well. No one made? else has, so. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, just uh, for, for like context and everything, um, I, I, I had um, uh, kind of leveled with my wife um, early on in our relationship regarding my, my struggle with, with pornography. Um, at that point, none of us really re- realized what that meant, you know, moving forward as far as recovery and addiction. But um, I remember... And I, I feel like I disclosed um, in, a, in a pretty, pretty big way, like the nature of my of my, my struggles. Um, I, I just had a hard time reconciling what that meant moving forward. You know, whatever I did, you know, um, I, you know, do I need to do, do full disclosures again? And, and um, reconciling, you know, the, uh, the statement in the big book that says something along the lines of. Um, you know, we, we 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 had no right to um, to to feel better with, with our share at someone else's expense. Basically, like hurting somebody who cared about what we had to share. Um, I, I'm not paraphrasing it right, but if you remember that line, and so so like I guess you know we have part part of my my inquiry is just trying to reconcile kind of both paradigms. You know, you know should I share, and and if so, how much? <laughs> um, and, uh, versus just not, not silly green at, at this point. <laughs> I, I don't know if that makes sense, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm not, I couldn't hear all of that, uh, Paul, but... Can you, make, uh, can you make it a brief question, Paul? Um, can you repeat your question? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, um, I, I guess, yeah, I, I just wonder how to strike the proper balance in the context of what it says in, in the big book, which says um, that uh, such, such parts of our history, uh, uh, something uh, like that, uh, you know, we, we choose with somebody who understands and we have no right to, to disclose um, such things that would harm someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and, I wonder, and, and I wonder to what degree should that be true for, for, for an addict like me, um, considering that um, in a general way, my wife does know everything about me as far as addiction goes. Should I still be following up every time I mess up, <laughs> um, you know, and letting her know, you know, hey, you know, I messed up, you know, wh- you know, wh- what kind of disclosure is the right kind of disclosure? Um, ho- hopefully that's not, that's not too busy of a, of a question either. Cause I'm not good at simplifying what I'm thinking. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, I'd, I'd like to get your, your opinion on that. That's a really good question, um, and I, you know, I, I try to find the balance as well. Now, the, the white book talks about, um, you know, don't rush out to to tell your spouse everything, you know, and your enthusiasm for finding essay. Um, now, one of the things that we do with the with the uh, uh, spot the thought is we don't really identify the occurrence so much just, oh, I had a, a, a lust hit today and I, 
I, you know, uh, pray to God and, and uh, uh, talk to you folks and find some, you know, um, find, uh, turn my, my thoughts to helping somebody. Um, but then, you know, you're right. I mean, we've got this, this uh, um, thing in both, uh, the big book and the white book, of being honest. So how do you be honest and, but... Um, be careful about hurting the other person. You know? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a, a um, dichotomy or a, a problem of finding that balance. So you know, I, I've I've got no answer for that one, Paul. But uh, I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure it out. You know? I, I thank you for that. Yeah, I'm working on it too. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I'll pass. Thank you, Paul. Anyone else with a question? Press star six, please, and come on in. Hi, this is Jessica in Florida. Yes, Jessica, take it away. Um, Guy, thank you so much. It was really, really good. I loved your your experience, strength, and hope. Um, I hope clearly I'm an essay. Um, my husband is in another 12-step program, and I never really did the disclosure with him. And now I see that maybe I should have because we're in a place that I um that he, uh, he, he needs the program, he needs SA as well, um, but it's almost like he's running from it and he has a lot of shame and guilt and resentment towards it, uh, towards, towards me, towards himself. Um, do you have any recommendations on telling him about the program? I mean, clearly he already knows about it because I'm in, but I really wish that I would have disclosed more so maybe he wouldn't feel as guilty as he does now, um, I don't know if I'm making any sense, and I can clarify if if I need to. So I think what I'm understanding is that your your husband is also got some sexual addiction problems and feels shame from that. But by you disclosing more, that you might be able to show him that the, you know he's is um, uh, a member of a larger community that all have these type of problems. Is that kind of what you're saying, Jessica? Yes, yes, that's it, that's it. Mm. Um, well, I don't know, I'm, th- I'm thinking that, you know, disclosures actually need to be moderated at least. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the, uh, disclosing, for me, uh, there was, there was um, some disclosures that I made that the way that I made them, I mean, I, I named names and I, um, I talked about things that um, um, were probably of no consequence. Um, some that were certainly hurtful that shouldn't didn't be, um, and so maybe I don't know. Maybe if you've both got sponsors, uh, you can you can work with your sponsors as far as 
as uh, what should be disclosed and what shouldn't be disclosed, and, and um, or if you've got a CSAT, um, one of the like I call it the um, addiction industry, um, somebody that can can work with you on it. Now, not all of the CSATs um, are enthusiastic about full disclosure, or more about the um, um, lie detector things. So, you know, uh, if you've got uh, CSATs or, or some of those counselors that might be able to help you through that as well, I don't know. But I can see your point that, you know, that's, that's kind of uh, welcoming into a community of the same issues and, and helps to alleviate the, the shame and the guilt so you can go forward with, uh, with the program. That's that's what I've been trying to do is not so much guilt and shame, but I know I did a lot of bad things, and I've got to make amends for those, but I need to basically get rid of that character defect and move on. Yeah, Thank you Jessica. so much. Yes, 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 you definitely did. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. And Guy, do you have a little bit extra time on the other side of announcements to take more questions from the audience? Sure, sure. Okay, great. So we'll take a pause for announcements now, and then we'll come back to the Q&A. So thank you very, very much again for your service today. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.